Hi, I'm Hillary Walsh, a serial entrepreneur, award-winning immigration lawyer, law professor, TEDx speaker, and raving Phoenix Suns fan. Over the past decade, I've helped thousands of immigrants live free in the United States. I'm talking work permits, social security numbers, green cards, their citizenship, VAWA, T-Visa, U-Visa, and lots of successful appeals. Here's the thing. Immigration law is super complicated and legal advice, well, it can be pretty expensive. So I created the Immigration Law Made Easy podcast to share my 10 plus years of experience with you for free. So if you're looking for tried and true, no BS, step-by-step strategies and tips on how to win your immigration case and live truly free in the United States, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. It's so good to be with you. Estoy muy, muy, muy contenta. I'm happy. Contenta. Gracias. I'm happy to be with you. Today, we're going to talk about something that pretty much everybody has to deal with at one point or another, and it's called unlawful presence. So if you're wanting to get your green card, you have to deal with the issue of potential unlawful presence, even if you entered the country with permission. So today I'm going to use an example of a client who we are helping him to fix his status. And so we're going to use his his situation to explain and kind of teach and educate today about unlawful presence. Let's call him Marco for this situation. Marco entered the United States. He's Mexican. He entered the United States when he was 17 years old. It was in a different time where it was very common to cross the border to work very different than today where people are, are locked in a detention center and everything else. Marco came here in 1997 and he has never left. His dad is a lawful permanent resident and, and is still alive. His dad is here in the United States. And he now Marco now has a 21-year-old U.S. citizen daughter. And Marco comes in and says, Abogada Hillary, can you help me? So the number one thing most people want, and Marco is no different, is he wants to be able to fix without leaving. But because he entered the United States without permission, this creates an issue for him where he can't just fix his status in the US through his daughter, who's 21, unless we go through an option like VAWA, a U visa, or a T visa. Let's say in this situation, though, the Marco doesn't qualify for VAWA, a U visa, or a T visa. So we know that he has to go back to Ciudad Juarez in order to get his green card. What we will have to do is what's called an unlawful presence waiver or perdón for Marco. Kids, so his 21-year-old U.S. citizen kid, they, they're not someone who they can, we can say, if I, if I don't get this perdón granted, it's going to cause me hardship. This is really related to the way immigration laws have been written in a very unfair way, which means that if you come here, you need a perdón, but you have a kid that having that baby here doesn't help you really in any meaningful way. So it, it has made it a very difficult, in particular, for Mexicans to be able to fix their status because they can't get a perdón only through their kids. So Marco's in this unique position that, frankly, very few people are in where he actually has a qualifying relative, his dad, who's an LPR, a resident, who can help him. So if you have questions and you're listening to this and you think, I don't have a parent who is a lawful permanent resident, it sounds like I'm not going to be able to fix. I want to stop right here and say that we have helped 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people be able to fix even when they entered without permission. So they're Marco's exact same situation, except they don't have an LPR parent. And we're still able to help them fix through VAWA, U-Visa, and T-Visa. So call me right now and I can I, we can visit with you. It won't be me, but it will be someone on my team who's a Spanish speaker who can visit with you about whether you're eligible. If uh, So let's go back to Marco. We've got his dad who's going to be able to help him with the perdón. So what we have to show is that before Marco leaves, he gets the perdón, the permission, the forgiveness before he leaves the country. Basically, it's like a hall pass. When we were in school, you had to be, if you were walking around in the hallways, we had to have the hall pass before we went out in the hall. And this is the, or we got in trouble once we were out in the hall, like, why don't you have your hall pass? This is the same thing for immigration purposes in the sense that once you leave, leaving is what causes you to have the 10-year bar. Staying in the country isn't what causes you to have the 10-year bar. It's leaving after you've been here for a certain amount of time without permission, which really is mind blowing because you would think it's once you enter at the time of entry, you're, you are not supposed to be here. So you could have a problem, but it's really when you leave that it causes the problem. So we have to get the perdón before Marco goes to Ciudad Juarez for his interview. So after we get the perdón approved, that's when Marco can leave for his interview, because now we know the, the time he spent in the U.S. that was without permission, it's already been forgiven. Now, the hard part right now is we have cases, uh, we have these perdones that they take on average 44 months from the time it's been filed. So this is why it's so important to, to file and work with someone who does perdones many, many times that it's very common for them. Because if you file this and then it's not approved, you've just wasted about four years of your life waiting to find out that your perdón is not approved. And I'm very proud that at New Frontier, every single one of ours has been approved. We put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into these on behalf of our clients because I do not want a phone call and neither do you that after 44 months, sorry, it didn't work out. So it's really important when you're going through this process that you work with someone who's very confident in their ability to help you. We've been talking about unlawful presence and pretty much anyone who's been in the United States, if you overstayed your visa, let's say your visa gives you 90 days to be in the country and you stay for 91 days, you have one day of unlawful presence. So many people get really confused about unlawful presence because they say, well, my visa is good until 2025. So I know I'm only supposed to be here for 90 days, but my visa is good until 2025. So I'm okay. That is not correct. You, have, you are very um, unfortunately mistaken in the wrong direction where like you're actually going to get yourself into trouble. Uh, people also think that if I go renew my visa, I, even though I've been here illegally uh, for a, a, some period of time and I leave, I'm going to go renew my visa and come back. At least I'll be where I have a good visa. My visa is not expired. A visa is not like a driver's license. So a visa is not like a driver's license. Indeed, when people leave to renew their visa and they come back in, now they commit immigration fraud because they 
A lot of people, when they're renewing their visa, don't list that they've been in the U.S. They don't list that they've had kids here who are now American kids. And then when they re-enter, they're saying, I'm entering to be a tourist, but in fact, I secretly live here. And this is how they're getting back in the country. And the reason this is important in the context of what we're talking about today with unlawful presence is if you don't have a family member to help you with a waiver and, you're, and you've entered the country with a visa, don't leave. Fix here in the U.S. Don't leave and trigger and trip up and create a 10-year bar for yourself that you need a waiver for. Don't leave and try to renew. I know you're just trying to do things the right way and, and thinking that I need to renew essentially my driver's license, a.k.a. my visa. But what that actually does is create so many problems for you that it's really hard for us to fix them. It's not impossible, but you will go from having a simple case to a complicated case in a heartbeat if you leave to renew your visa. As we wrap up our show today, I just want to share with you that no case is impossible. There's always a solution to pretty much every problem. I want to give you that hope and that faith that you may have entered the U.S. with a visa and you have a, a, a child who's turning 21. This would be a great time for you to do a consultation with a lawyer to find out what the next steps are and to maybe do a record search to see what was put on your visa when you applied. Because so many people, they hired someone who's an English speaker in Mexico. They signed a document that had everything written in English and they don't actually even know what was put on their visa application. And then 30 years later, it bites them in the butt when we're at a USCIS interview and the officer starts asking questions that are on that visa application. So what I wanna say is, if you think that you might have options, let's explore them together. No case is truly impossible. Let's find a solution together. My friend, I'm so glad you joined me today. If you have a friend or family member who may need some immigration law guidance or even just day-to-day -day encouragement, please send them a text or email or a DM on social media and say, hey, I think this podcast is going to help you. I sure wish someone had given me the tips I'm sharing here years and years ago when I was starting out as an immigration lawyer. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Adios.